no look low to Yo. Yo throws it down again. Two-hand hammer for Yo. Let's get you ready to root on the boys in blue. This is Cougar Pregame Live on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Here's your host, Jerem Jordan. Hello, BYU basketball fans, and welcome into Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Discount Tire, America's neighborhood tire store. It's great to be with you. I'm Jerem Jordan, filling in for Jason Shepard. I've always wondered what it's like to do this, and today I will find out if it's actually as hard as Jason makes it out to be. Today, the BYU Cougars are in L.A. to play LMU in Gersten Pavilion. The Cougars, 17-10, and 9-3 and in the West Coast Conference, fresh off an 88-82, 14-point comeback overtime win at San Diego Thursday night. What a game it was. What a comeback it was. The largest comeback of the season for BYU. TJ Hawes, awesome. A career-high 35 points, 27 points, 12 rebounds from Yoli Childs as well in the win. And with the win, the Cougars maintain a game-and-a-half lead on both St. Mary's and San Francisco with two weeks to go in the regular season. The Cougars are on a four-game win streak. They have turned it around after an 8-7 and seven non-conference start. How important is being the two-seed? Well, the top two seeds earn a triple bye into the semifinals in the West Coast Conference Tournament, meaning holding second place behind third-ranked Gonzaga, which is essentially the non-Gonzaga championship, let's be honest, in the West Coast Conference, is the prime directive at this point, and BYU is in a tremendous position with a couple of games to go. In the first meeting against today's opponent, LMU, two weeks ago from today, the Cougars scored a season-low 23 points in the first half, trailing by three before a Plus 21-point outburst led by 25 points and 10 rebounds from Gavin Baxter and a 5-for-5 three-point shooting night from Nick Emery. The second half was tremendous. BYU got the 21-point win. Today, the Cougars look for a similar result, but a much better start. The Lions, 17-9, and 5-7 in the West Coast Conference. There is a logjam between seeds 3-7. and seven. That would mean playing on Thursday or coming in on Saturday, so a big difference there. They lost Thursday night in front of a packed house at home against West Coast Conference leading Gonzaga. It was a sold-out crowd for 35 minutes. It was a tight game, and then Gonzaga did what Gonzaga does. They closed the door, asked San Francisco about this. A 13-2 run in the final five minutes to win by 13. But LMU, good defensive team, held the Zags to 73 points in that game. KenPalm.com has BYU with a 50% chance of winning this. ESPN's Basketball Power Index as well says 50-50. I feel like BYU is more of a favorite in this one given the way they've played and the fact that they're 4-2 and two on the road in conference play after going 0-5 in true road games in non-con. What a difference. What adjustments have been made. Some in the lineup. BYU's emphasized defense, and it has paid dividends lately with a four-game win streak. Gregor Bell discussed that and much more with assistant coach Quincy Lewis, who isn't content with a split this week. He wants a sweep. We're greedy. <laughs> you know, we, we want to. We, we've been in this spot a few times this year, and uh, it's time to get another one. The Thursday games have gone really well for you. Yeah, we've, we've, uh, we've played well in Thursday games, and uh, this last one was a little bit different than a few of the other Thursday games, but uh, we, got, we got done, and uh, boy, looking forward to this game. Your largest ever comeback win this season before Thursday was a seven-pointer against uh, Utah Valley. You doubled that, came back from 14 in the second half. What does that do for the confidence of this team? Yeah, it's certainly encouraging. You know, we, we came back in the UNLV game, you know, but we didn't quite get over the hump in that one, but it's, uh, it's a big difference when you actually get it done. What was the key component, do you think, in this uh, comeback on Thursday night? 
we just stayed together as a team. You know, I mean, they uh, they came out and they played a good first part of the second half where we, we got it down early and then it went back to 14. And really that was the key of the game is that they could have broke us right there, but we, we wouldn't break and we, we made a couple shots and we just kind of hung, we hung, we hung and finally got it done. It took more than one guy, of course, but uh, T.J. Haas had a massive night. And uh, you've seen a lot of those over the years as his high school coach. It almost felt like one of those kinds of games where he kind of took over a little bit. Yeah, no, no question. No question. They really had a hard time with him, and he scored at all three levels. He was hitting threes. He, he got into the mid-range. He, he got to the basket. He got fouled. I mean, he showed the whole package. The one that I considered kind of the game winner felt very much like a Tyler Haas type of basket right <laughs> off the elbow there. Yeah, I, you know, Tyler was uh, just an amazing mid-range player, the best I think I've ever seen. And uh, But people don't realize that TJ really does have a little bit of that to his game, and he hasn't shown a lot of it. But, uh, yeah, he hit the big one. The Haas family is sitting there around uh, 5,500 points, something like that, for a career as a family. <laughs> yeah, they're decent. <laughs> they're decent, you know. I mean, my goodness. I mean, uh, and people don't remember Marty. I mean, uh, I mean, I wa- grow- grew up watching Marty play, and uh, he was a heck of an athlete. I mean, a really athletic player, but he was skilled, and, man, a lot of good stuff there. So TJ's 35, uh, career high. You at least double-double another one, get a lot of the attention. McKay Cannon had that 10-point game, and those three second-half threes were huge. The last one he hit was the one that gave you guys your first lead of the night. He's been really good for you lately. He has, and, you know, really, you look at his assist-to-turnover ratio, his defense. I mean, he's been tremendous, and, and really, you put him out there on the floor, and the only thing the guy cares about is winning. There, there's there's no agendas other than he just wants to win. And I think one of the things I, I like the most about his game uh, was that he had missed some early that were open shots that he's very capable of making, and he didn't think twice about shooting those shots in the second half and uh, kept that confidence. Finds himself now as the WCC's leading three-point shooter in conference games, as it turns out. So uh, the starting group you've got now, including Gavin Baxter and Nick Emery, we've talked about Yo, TJ, and McKay now, seems to be just the right group at the right time. Yeah, right now we're uh, we're gelling pretty well, and uh, you know I like uh, I like what we're doing defensively with them. I mean, you look at you know what McKay's been doing, and then you look at the job that uh, that Nick has been doing, and I think that makes a huge difference for us. Okay. LMU now, you played them just a couple of weeks ago. I think two weeks ago today, maybe it might have been right. Uh, and uh, interesting, kind of a tale of two halves for you guys. Yeah, uh, you know, I think they came out and they hit us in the mouth a little bit in the first half, and uh, we, we just kind of stood there and took it. You know, in the, the second half, we kind of got on a roll. We got out in transition. We got some space to the game and uh, and played very well. Got some great contributions from Nick. You know, goes five for five, and then Gavin has a big game. Uh, so that helped. Um, but I, you know, I look at this game, and they're, boy, they're, they're a good team. They're a good team in a good conference, and they play Gonzaga. I mean, four minutes left in the game, that could have gone either way. And uh, they've got a real level of toughness to them, and they have a great player in Bateman. They're not trying to beat you 90 to 85. <laughs> no, they're not. No, you know, this is, this is a 55 to 60 possession, you know, game. You know, so I, uh, it'd be uh, unlikely that we're going to get in the 90s tonight. Yeah, and that Thursday game in and of itself, their game against Gonzaga, is a pretty good eye-opener, isn't it? Oh, it is. You know, I mean, Gonzaga's averaging, you know, I mean, I think they're number one in the country in efficiency, you know, but they wind up with 70-something points, 73, 73, you know, and I mean, that's that's the way Loyola plays. They're going to control that thing, and they're going to run some false motion where they're going to run that clock down to 10 seconds before they make a move, and but they, you know, they they have this this kid Bateman, you know, and he is capable of making a play in those last last ten seconds. I'm pretty sure he remembers his line from Provo a couple weeks ago too. Uh, unfortunately, I'm sure he does, you know. But we've got to do a great job with him again. I thought we we bottled him up pretty good in the ball screen defense and some different things, but we've got to do a great job with him. 
All right. Great preview, Coach Lewis. Uh, thanks for the time, and good luck against the Lions. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Rubes. That was assistant coach Quincy Lewis with Greg Rubel. James Bateman mentioned at the end there, top 10 score in the league. Didn't score in Provo. What will we see from him at home? We'll break it down with Mark Durant coming up a bit later. This season, BYU basketball and Mountain America Credit Union are changing lives. For each three-pointer BYU makes, Mountain America will donate $50 to the American Red Cross to help fund humanitarian service and programs. Thursday night, BYU tied a season high with 11 triples, so perhaps the American Red Cross will cash in again tonight, courtesy of Mountain America Credit Union. Coming up next, we'll head to Gersten Pavilion, or perhaps the freeway if this ends up being like Thursday night. Who knows? For our courtside conversation with Mark Durant. Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Discount Tire, continues in a moment on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Pregame Live with your host, Jerem Jordan. Welcome back to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Discount Tire. Jerem Jordan with you. It's time for our courtside conversation with Mark Durant, who might be in Gersten Pavilion at LMU, or is he on the freeway? Let's find out. Mark, it sounds like you're in the gym. Is that the case? <laughs> I'm actually here, Jerem, and I tell you, it's like getting a promotion from the Telestial to the Celestial. Everything went beautiful, no traffic. It's like 65 and sunny, and uh, I mean, I'm here with my buddy Greg Rubel. I'm not out of breath from jogging two miles in the rain on the freeway. I mean, this is like, I, my repentance is real. I repented, <laughs> repented, and I'm enjoying the fruits of my labors now. This is nice. Well, hopefully we can see a similar result from BYU on the court in terms of getting a road win, and what a game it was. It's been a couple of days now. BYU's got the early game on Saturday, and let's set the stage for that because LMU played an emotional game as well against Gonzaga. BYU got the overtime win against San Diego. Now these two meet early on Saturday. What kind of effect, if any, do you think that has coming off two emotional games for those teams? Well, I mean, it's tough for both teams, so it's fair. I mean, it's like you're, it's, it's like an early preview of the conference tournament where you're playing big games and, uh, and then you got to play again. and You don't have much time to prepare. But these teams kind of went through the preparation a week or two ago, and so they, they know each other. You make some adjustments, and obviously LMU's going to try and get Bateman off to a better night tonight. I mean, that was an epic uh, stop on him from the, the coaching staff and the players from BYU, and they'll probably look to try and get him going early. And, uh, and conversely, I mean, they did a heck of a job on BYU's guys. They took away Yoli and, and TJ, and it was uh, Nick Emery and Gavin Baxter that led the way. So... I mean, that, that was an unusual game as far as the kind of the top scores in the conference getting shut down, but BYU's uh, other guys stepped up and won that game. So, uh, I mean, I, I think we'll see more more Bateman and more Haas and, and Childs in this one uh, because, to be honest with you, I'm rambling on a little bit here, Jaron, but uh, teams earlier in the season could, could do a game plan to stop Yoli Childs. Let's double him, take him out of the game. No one else is going to be able to hurt us. Now you've got a lot of different weapons, whether it's Gavin Baxter. If you try and double Yoli, Gavin's going to have a night. McKay Cannon is heating up from the three, so you can't just focus on stopping TJ. I think that's really been the difference lately for BYU is teams can't just take away one or two guys for BYU because there's, there's more weapons. They're playing confidently, and they're playing well. Nick Emery's resurgence. I mean, you've got you just can't focus all your defense on stopping one or two guys and uh, BYU's making teams pay when they do do that. 
to me, that's an important develop in the development in this season that perhaps we aren't discussing enough is look how BYU has evolved. Look how they've improved. That's good coaching. That sometimes stuff just takes time. And now we're seeing it here in, what, game 28. Uh, it, sometimes it just takes a minute for these guys to figure out who they are and for BYU to get its system down, right? Well, it's there's. I mean, there's different situations. Obviously, for a guy like Gavin, he's just young, and he's kind of figuring it out and going through the mental challenges of playing college basketball and and uh, getting confidence, learning what he can do on the floor. And uh, for a guy like Nick Emery, obviously he came out of you know his first couple of years very confident, was very good, and had some setbacks. And so his was more about just kind of trying to find his where to fit in again and and how he can help the team. Uh, and, and you know, obviously younger guys like Connor Harding. Um, you know, it's a complicated system, both de- defensively and offensively. Uh, I think uh, they're kind of learning their roles uh, on both ends and learning the rotations. And the defense is much better now because you have a guy like Baxter back there protecting and helping Yoli. Yoli's struggled a little bit on defense, but when he, Gavin's out there, he can uh, not be so worried about that. And teams aren't getting all the layups and easy shots, and you can extend the, the, the three-point defense because you've got rim protectors back there. So that helps. And then... You're getting a better team chemistry on defense. You're getting rotations. And so if you have to help, everybody knows where they have to go. And their defense has been terrific. They had a setback in the first half against San Diego. But other than that, the last couple of weeks has been the best defense we've seen all year and, and has made the difference. So, I mean, you know, a lot of things take a lot of times. And, and for individual players, there's different things they have to deal with. But the good thing is it seems to be coming around at the right time. What you – what you don't want is to still be searching at this time. Obviously, it's taken some time to get here, and that's frustrating, but at least they're kind of figuring it out at this point and uh, and, and hopefully playing their best basketball going in the final uh, weeks of the season. Talking to Mark Durant, live from Gerston Pavilion, BYU and LMU, coming up at the top of the hour here on BYU Radio. BYU and LMU met two weeks ago, and like we talked about, it was a very, tale of two halves there. Yoli Childs and T.J. Haas, as you mentioned, combined for 15 points. Well, two days ago, they combined for 62. So are we going to have something in the middle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> like I said, I don't think LMU can afford to just sell out completely on those two guys like they did in the Merritt Center. And BYU's got, uh, you know, they hurt them so bad and, uh, in that second half at the Merritt Center that I, I think they'll have to be a little more straight up defensively. But I, I tell you what, the thing about LMU is they've got really good uh, defensive guards. Bateman's a good Steel guy out there. Got McClendon, Quintana, and they're at the top of the league in steals. So they can really do you up on the guard line. And the real difference maker, I think, for LMU is is uh, Marcuson down low. I mean, he is just a mountain, Jeremy. I mean, there's there's big guys, you know. You're like, wow, that guy's big. And then and then there's him. Uh, he is he's kind of Mark Eaton size. I mean, you just it almost takes your breath away when you're standing next to him. So he's <laughs> he, he's a, a real force inside. And he got in foul trouble a little bit in that uh, first half at BYU, but. Uh, he, he, you know, he, he can change, like I mentioned with Baxter, he changes how LMU can play. So he'll be a really big part of this game and someone you don't see a lot. So it's different. Uh, uh, so we'll see how it goes. But this this is a really, I mean, obviously they hang their hat on their defense. They're going to slow you down. They're going to be kind of like an Air Force. They're going to limit possessions, try and hang in the game, and, and have a chance to beat you at the end. And it's really, really frustrating to play against a team like that. You know, Yoli's a guy that can get frustrated easily, and, you know, that's going to be important that he keeps a good head on his shoulders in this game and not get – because they're going to beat on you, and it's going to be – they're going to go to the end of the shot clock, 
And uh, it's just going to be ugly and, and a physical game. And it's hard to play in that type of game. So BYU's really have to, to focus and realize every possession is so critical. They only had 10 turnovers in the Merritt Center, which helped them. And then that great second half where they got a little bit of a separation and forced LMU to play a little bit quicker, that, that helps as well. But this, this is a different kind of game. That's how they stay in games. That's how they give teams like Gonzaga a headache. And uh, it's going to be this, a similar type game for BYU, and it's going to be tough to get a win here. Let's rewind to the end of December. BYU's 8-7 and seven in non-conference play, 0-5 in true road games. Now we fast forward. 9-3 and three in league play. I want to talk about that in a moment. But 4-2 and two in West Coast Conference road games. Other than opponent, what changed for BYU on the road, Mark? Well, we talked about some of it, the maturity, the beginning better on defense, and you mentioned this in the last segment that they made some lineup changes. I think McKay Cannon is a really hard, uh, hard-nosed defender, and he's kind of the, the floor general out there. Uh, that, that was a good move, and although Luke's not starting anymore, I think that was a good move at the time to get that uh, that energy and physicalness down there to help Yoli. Uh, and now Gavin's bringing some of that, uh, as we've talked about, but and also the emergence of Nick Emery. Uh, he's a real savvy uh, player and can get, you know, turn people over and hit a big shot when you need to. And I mean, all those things kind of come together. And, and when you're playing on the road, uh, a lot of it is just believing that you can win. And I think just going to Pacific and get that win kind of change their attitude. And then they start thinking, well, we, you know, we can get these wins. And, and uh, you have to have a little bit of a swagger when you go on the road and, and expect to win. And they're, they're starting to get that. And this is, you know, it's what, what a great surprise this has been. It, this Of all the years to have success on the road in conference, who would have thought it would be this one after after the preseason? I mean, that's kind of crazy because they've always, you know, dropped some games in conference that they shouldn't have. So far, really, they haven't done that. They, you know, it's tough to win at San Francisco and uh, and St. Mary's. So And they'll go to Gonzaga and probably lose that one. But they haven't had the real big mess-ups, and uh, that, that, that's a sign of a, a, an experienced team and a mature team and one that's playing good basketball right now. UIU is 8-0 and against the teams I call non-St. Franzaga, St. Mary's, San Francisco, <laughs> and Gonzaga. Two more questions, second to last year. BYU's in second place. Uh, they need to hold that spot because they would get a triple bye to the semis. LMU and BYU typically wouldn't be a big game, but this is a big game because of the context in the conference standings. I guess we can call that a, a triple bypass because that, 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 that would be a pretty good deal. I mean, that's crazy. You, you could get the semis and uh, then you get a win in the semis and, and, you know, maybe a miracle happens to beat Gonzaga and you're going to the NCAA tournament. I, I know that's a long shot, but that's you, you actually have a pathway to get there if you, if you can do it. And uh, obviously... Uh, Gonzaga is the cream of the crop, but to, to take second in this league, I think, would be an accomplishment. And they put themselves in a great spot this year. And it's nice to kind of be in control of that, where in years past they were trying to catch St. Mary's. or It was it was, just seemed to be a separation there. And, and now they're in the driver's seat to get that, that uh, triple bye. And I think that would be neat for this team to do that. And it's been a little bit of struggle at times. And that would be a nice reward. And then you go, you'll go to the tournament and see what happens. Ken Garf, Honda, Nissan, and Volkswagen and Orem proudly present keys to the game. So, Mark, what are your keys to today's game? Well, for one, Yoli and uh, TJ need to score more than 15 points. I think that'll be a big key. But, but l- l- listen, uh, LMU, they don't shoot threes. They're going to put it on the floor. They're going to throw it up and crash the boards. If BYU's within one or two on the offensive boards, I, I-, I think they'll, be, uh, they'll get a-, a victory here. So I'm going to go with offensive board, uh, parity, and in, in this game will be a big key. 
Okay, Gersten Pavilion hosted the West uh, weightlifting competition during the 84 Olympics, so go get a quick pump in before the game, will you? I will pop. Jar them up. <laughs> we always know Jason Shepard is, so it's just waiting for you. Mark, appreciate the time. We'll hear from can, you. Can you even... Can you even walk by Jason in the hallways without having to turn your body so you can squeeze it, by the side? No, it's it's hard. Yeah, it's it's hard. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. See you, Jeremy. That was Mark Durant. We'll hear more from Mark coming up in the next uh, 37 minutes or so before BYU and LMU. After a short break, we'll be back with scores from around the league in the top 25, including the Alliance of American Football, some former Cougars in action. You're listening to Cougar Pregame Live, presented by Discount Tire on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Let's get you back to Cougar Pregame Live with your host, Jerem Jordan. Cougar Pregame Live is presented by Discount Tire. I'm Jerem Jordan. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're just uh, about 34 minutes away from BYU and LMU in L.A. Let's get you updated on some scores from around the country. Uh, Let's start with the Alliance of American Football, the new football league. Made a splash last week. Right now, the Salt Lake Stallions feature five different former BYU Cougars. Jordan Leslie, Tanner Baldery, Tuni Knuch, Handsome Taniello, Micah Hanneman. They're up 9-0 against the Birmingham Iron in Birmingham, Alabama. Baseball game two underway between BYU and Northwestern. Top of the second, 0-0. Last night in the season opener, BYU baseball won in walk-off fashion, 4-3. Jackson Clough with the game-winning hit. Carson Matthews, the freshman shortstop, came home for the game-winner. Game two is there. We will connect with uh, game three later in the afternoon after the postgame show uh, right here. Uh, West Coast Conference scores, uh, none as of now because BYU is the first game, but Pacific will take on Santa Clara tonight. Uh, Gonzaga at San Diego. That should be an interesting one. We'll see if anyone challenges Gonzaga in the league, let alone, uh, let alone gets a victory against them. San Francisco uh, at Portland. Uh, that's BYU's next game uh, after LMU in Provo. That'll be a big one. And then Pepperdine and St. Mary's. Top 25 scores, a couple of them before we bounce. Virginia up three in the second half with seven minutes to go. And Clemson and Louisville. Louisville ranked 16th. Louisville hangs on 56-55 in spite of two attempts by Clemson in the last couple of seconds. Uh, The BYU women's basketball team will take on 13th-ranked Gonzaga as well, 5 Eastern time. Cougar pregame live was presented by Discount Tire, America's neighborhood tire store. Coming up next, we'll send you to Gersten's Pavilion, Hank's House in L.A. with Greg Rubel and Mark Durant. You're listening to BYU Basketball on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Deseret First just made me part of the 1%. Oh, not the wealthiest 1%, but I just got 1% cash back on my car loan from Deseret First. Lower payment, cash back, less than five minutes, and now I'm part of their 1%. Apply in person at dfcu.com or by phone, 801-456-7590. You can even get 1% cash back when you bring over your current auto loan. Deseret First, that's right. Membership and eligibility required. Terms and conditions apply. Limited time offered. Not valid on existing DFCU auto loans. 1% cash back based on loan amount. It's time to get the inside scoop on today's game. This is the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For a financial slam dunk, Zions Bank is for you. The Coaches Show is also brought to you by Mountain America Credit Union. Guiding you forward. Now let's head back to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort courtside seats and join the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Good afternoon, Cougar basketball fans. Welcome courtside inside Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles, California. As today, BYU takes on Loyola Marymount and goes for a crucial weekend sweep 
with the Cougars heading down the stretch in conference play. I'm your play-by-play guy. Greg Grubel with me courtside, former BYU hoopster and social media maven Mark Durant. And uh, Mark, coming into the week and played two teams that were a combined 21-3 and at home coming into the week, a split would have been an acceptable result. But uh, now, after a huge comeback win at USD two days ago, BYU is a win today away from a road sweep and a firmer hold on second place in the league heading back home. And how fun was that game the other night? Uh, it was a disappointing start. BYU struggling. Uh, we'd seen that story before, hadn't we? Greg, a team came out on fire, knocking down threes, and BYU was in trouble early, reeling a little bit. But this team now I think is more mature, more of a team, playing with better chemistry, playing better defense. They started locking down some things defensively and really knocking down some shots. I mean, what a great performance from the three-point line. And, it, and sometimes it takes an epic performance from your best guys to, to win on the road. It's just so hard to win on the road. And, 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 and to have a performance like that from TJ and then Yoli as well, uh, that, that was a special thing. Those guys wanted that win, and they, yeah. and they went out and did what they had to do to get it. That's great leadership, great experience, and, and great basketball players. That was fun to watch that happen. I think it was a real shot in the arm for this team. They're playing really good basketball right now. We'll see how it carries over here this afternoon. The pregame thoughts of BYU head coach Dave Rose coming up next as the Zions Bank, a Cougar pregame coaches show continues live from Los Angeles on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. You're tuned to the Zions Bank Cougar Pregame Coaches Show. For more with head coach Dave Rose, let's rejoin your host, Greg Rubel. BYU comes into L.A. today on a four-game win streak and in possession of solo second place in the West Coast Conference as the Cougars visit LMU in this Saturday matinee. A win today, and BYU will extend its streak of double-digit conference win seasons to 14, all 14 seasons of the Dave Rose era. Coach Rose's Cougs coming into today off one of the best wins of the season, certainly two nights ago in San Diego. BYU trailed by 14 points in both the first and the second half before rallying for an 88-82 overtime win. A victory paced by a combined 62 points from T.J. Haas and Yoli Childs. And in our pregame interview, brought to you by Zions Bank for a financial slam dunk. Zions Bank is for you. Coach Rose talks about how that win is a tangible example of the progress this BYU team has been making over the last two months. I, I think so. I, I, you know, I've told people that I think this team has, has really made strides as far as just growing up. And, and I, I think the biggest thing is our ability to play through adversity. And I think we learned a lot in those preseason games on the road where, you know, we had lapses uh, just in energy and focus. And uh, uh, because of maybe that we did things didn't go our way or we weren't playing as well as we wanted to. And, and I do believe that over the last couple of weeks that – We've been able to keep our focus and play uh, and execute even during times of maybe where we haven't been great on the offensive end. And, and, and these guys are all offensive players. I mean, they've all come from programs where they've scored a lot of points. And, you know, we're, we bring them here because of their ability to score. And then we try to make a, a team out of them and get them to defend and get them to stay together. And I think that this group has really, um, you know, matured in that in that way. And, you know, we got down 14 two or three or four different times in that game yeah. the other night, and they didn't flinch. They just kept fighting, kept playing. And, I, I, you know, you get career game, you know, from Tees as far as scoring the ball. But I, I just love the way the, the, the guys hung in there together and found a way to win it. 
it's more than just a day of the week thing, but you won all of your Thursday road games. You're looking for that first Thursday-Saturday road swing now. So yeah, and, and, and last week was a really good win for us because we played out on the road on Thursday and traveled to a home game, okay? And so that was a and, – and that was a fight all the way to the end. I mean, we had to make some big plays the last four minutes of that game to get a win. And, and this, But this would be, you know, the, the, you know, the, the one that uh, – Two back-to-back road games, you know, and and you know, I think we've had every team we've had has have gotten one of those, you know, during the conference uh, uh, season, and this is our last shot. So hopefully, our guys can get it today. If you were to get this one today, coach, you'd be guaranteed of a winning road record in the league, and every team would love to have that. Yeah, and and, and you know, considering the fact that we came into league play without a road win, mm-hmm. a true road win, yeah. we'd won, you know, a, a game up in Salt Lake against the Utes, but uh, I think that. Uh, that that just shows you know another point uh, to where you know these guys have um, kind of turned a corner and and I, I like the progress we're making. You saw LMU two weeks ago today and uh, beat them sixty-seven to forty-nine after a first half that uh, uh, I'm sure you felt you really flipped things around after half. If you if you, if you go back and watch the first twenty minutes of that game, that that's the game we're going to get here today. You know we. We, we they battled us. We battled them. It was you know kind of back and forth. They, it's a real ball control kind of team. Um, and we, you know we went in there. I think we were down three, or it was, mm-hmm. it was right. It was close to twenty six, you know, twenty three at the right. And uh, and then the second half, boy, we found a way to to just be better at turning them over. We we, we made so many defensive plays that turned into offense for us. Um, they're hard to, to to score on if you get in a. A grinded out five on five, you know, up and down game, and that's what you know Mike's done. He's, he's got a, his best team. He's got 17 wins. I think he's 10 and 11 and three at home. I mean, he's uh, he's really established this team, and we did a good job on Bateman at our place. It's, it's going to be hard to hold a kid like that to, to no points again, but uh, we'll do our best to try to get the ball out of his hands and then keep him from getting it back. Last year in here, they just boat raced us. They took the ball for almost twenty some odd times, and uh, scored in transition, basket after basket. And and hopefully our guys are ready for whatever happens here today. We'll be able to to compete in the half court and be able to defend in the full court. You bring up Bateman. Uh, since going over eight at your place, he's averaging seventeen point three points per game in the games since, right around his average. Yeah, and he he'll be involved in so many pick and rolls with the ball in his hand, especially late in the shot clock. And he's just really good at, at creating that shot for himself or be able to, if you rotate over, uh, he's going to get that, uh, make the play for his teammate. What we got to do late in the clock especially is make him give it up and then rotate to that first pass and hopefully maybe get him a second pass and then get really squeezed by, as far as time is concerned on the clock. But uh, this this will be, uh, be a real um, – um, just a competitive game where loose balls, 50-50 balls, offensive, defensive rebounds will probably be the key. Finally, uh, this was Gavin Baxter's first career start, the LMU game, right? 25-10. and 10. He's a little higher on the scouting report uh, this time. Yeah, I bet, I bet they know a lot more about Gav and seen a lot more clips from him. But this, this team does have a real tendency, though, when you get in the lane that they help up with their bigs. And if that's if that's you know continues today, and we can get Gavin the dunker spot in the right and throw that thing up, he he's really good at catching it in a lot of different ways and finishing it. You know, put uh, these long and athletic, and he's got great timing, and and hopefully we can exploit that today. Listeners who uh, watch the game in addition to listening today will notice uh, you're not going to have your traditional tie on today. <laughs> yeah, well, today is uh, uh, kind of a aut- autism awareness, and we'll wear the puzzle piece and. 
I, uh, I just I hope the people will just understand how important it is to support this cause and try and help families who, uh, you know, are trying to work through that that that, that issue. And I, I do know that I've got a lot of personal friends, and and hopefully that uh, this weekend you'll see coaches all over the country wearing the puzzle uh, Autism Speaks puzzle and. Um, I, I just look forward to doing that today. Very nice gesture, Coach. Thank you for the preview. We'll talk to you post game. All right, thanks a lot, Greg. That is BYU head coach Dave Rose, and this afternoon's Zions Bank Cougar pregame coaches show. Title and escrow can be complicated. With over 50 years' experience in Utah, Provo Land Title has the expertise to navigate your buying, selling, or building project. Provo Land Title, making the complicated easier. The Cougar Tip-Off Show, coming your way next, live from Los Angeles, on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. It's almost time to hit the hardwood. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show, brought to you by BYU Creamery, the classic BYU tradition. Have a scoop today. Siegfried and Jensen. Siegfried and Jensen has been helping Utah families for over 25 years. And by Utah Honda Dealers. Now let's head live to the Bryant Heating and Cooling Comfort courtside seats and join Mark Durant alongside the voice of the Cougars, Greg Rubel. Welcome back inside Gersten Pavilion in Los Angeles where two nights ago LMU had a late lead in front of a full house before falling by 13 points to Gonzaga. It's as good a game as uh, a West Coast Conference team is going to give the Zags this year, at least to this point, but it was a loss for LMU. The Lions now 1-3 in their last four coming into today's game with BYU. The Cougs are 4-0 in their last four. Greg Rubel and Mark Durant with you as your commentary tandem this afternoon. Our statistician, BYU Basketball Media Relations Director Kyle Chilton. Our BYU Radio Studio host today is Jerem Jordan sitting in for Jason Shepard. Jason's got baseball duty down in Arizona with the Batcats, and our control board operator is Nathan Israelson, along with coordinating producer Terry South. Great to have you with us here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Well, before Thursday evening, the largest deficit, as I'm sure you've heard now, uh, that BYU to overcome to win a game this season was seven points. That came in early November at home against UVU. Before Thursday, BYU was also winless in two overtime games, and before Thursday, TJ Haas had never scored more than 34 points in a game. But on Thursday night, TJ scored 35. BYU came back from down 14 and did win in overtime. And uh, Mark, what TJ Haas did uh, was pretty remarkable and uh, looked a bit like the kid he did at Lone Peak, making shots from all over and taking over to lead BYU to the win. Didn't do it alone, of course, but he's the only guy, I think, on this team who could really do what he did the other night. That second half reminded me of... uh of a Jimmer game, and not to compare T.J. and Jimmer necessarily, but just the fact that every time T.J. touched it, everybody's attention went to him, all five defenders. They were, they knew they had to stop T.J., and BYU was running him off ball screens and different screens, and no matter what they did, the second he touched it, he was a threat. He's either going to shoot a three and kill you, or he's going to put it on the floor and get in the paint, pull up for a 15-footer and kill you or he's going to get past that and do a little 10-foot runner and kill you, or he's going to go to the rim and kill you. And every moment along that that, that, uh, that, uh, procession there, he could kill you. And so he just has to find the right moment. He's a threat from everywhere on the floor, and it was just amazing to watch. That team was doing everything they could to stop T.J. Haas, and they could not do it. That was an amazing performance, and BYU needed it to get that win. Yeah, great description. And the one thing left out, the only thing was 
if they decided to somehow stop him doing all those things and he got fouled, he'd go to the free-throw line and kill you there. (laughs) Yeah, 10 of 11 at the stripe the other night, too. Coming up after this break, my pregame conversation with LMU assistant coach Derek Clark as the Cougar tip-off show rolls on from Los Angeles here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. This is the Cougar Tip-Off Show. Let's head back live, courtside, and rejoin Brent Rubel. The BYU Cougars have come to Los Angeles seeking the season sweep of the Lions. These two teams going head-to-head for the second time in exactly two weeks. It was exactly 14 days ago when BYU beat LMU 67-49 at the Marriott Center. So the scouting report for uh, both teams uh, fairly fresh. The Lions' only win in the last two weeks was a walkover at Portland. LMU is a slow-tempo, lower-scoring team. They've scored 69 points or fewer in six of their last seven games. The only exception was that the 72-55 win at the Trials Center. So the Lions are not exactly on a roll right now, but they are a good defensive team, of course, and held Gonzaga to 73 just two days ago here at this gym and uh, really held Gonzaga to 73 in both games they played against him. A short time ago here in L.A., I talked with LMU assistant coach Derek Clark about the positive defensive momentum this club hopes to take into today's game against the Cougars. Well, I thought we did a good job of guarding um, Gonzaga in particular transition until late. You know, they just wear you down as the game goes on. But we had the tempo. I think it was 30 to 29 at the half. We had the tempo where we wanted it. And we gave ourselves a chance. We had the lead at 8.45 on the clock. And, you know, we have to continue to guard for 40 minutes. You let your guard down against a Gonzaga or a BYU, and they run out and get transition points and opens the game up. Credit to Gonzaga, whether at USF or at your place, uh, at winning time, they, they made a bunch of plays in succession to get it done. Yeah, they have experience, and that counts for a lot. They have guys that have played in huge games, in some cases national championships with Perkins as starting point guard. And, you know, you have to play a 40-minute game against them because they're not going to beat themselves typically. You have to go take the game from them. Okay, what's your team's vibe right now compared to maybe uh, two weeks ago when we saw you the first time? Well, you know, it's the same thing. It's, it's about getting better. We talked about that uh, this morning. Takeaways from each and every game, and, and really simpler than that, each practice, one or two things that we can get better at. Um, you know, I thought transition is always an issue for us and stopping teams in transition because I think we're really good when we get our defense set and we're in the half court. So, you know, I mean, it's just one of improvement. You look back at the first meeting with BYU two weeks ago today, and you mentioned the Gonzaga first half. The BYU first half is kind of the game you would have hoped to finish out. Yeah, it was, uh, I believe, 29-26. Yeah, so, again, the tempo was where we wanted. I thought we were guarding really well. Um, they went one for 11, I think, in the first half. Emory made the one in the corner, and I was concerned when he made that three in the corner because he's the kind of guy, if he gets that one, you know, he's such a confident shooter, he can roll off four or five, and sure and behold, he was five, five for five, five on the game. Yeah. Right, right. He's a starter now, and uh, Gavin Baxter's first start came against you guys. You know more about Gavin now than you did two weeks ago, clearly. Yeah, well, I don't think so. I just think that, um, you know, we let him uh, be athletic in that game. You know, we, we gave up lobs, and credit to them on execution. I'm not taking anything away from him. But we talked about he, he has to make a legitimate move in the post, for example, because if you give him lob dunks and offensive rebounds, I think he scored 10 points on those four offensive rebounds. So, 
trying to take some of those things away because those are high percentage shots and he's very athletic and we knew he played with great energy so I don't think it, it changes a whole lot but obviously a lot of it starts with their ball screen stuff you know or when we trap the post and he dives to the rim I mean he does a great job of that and they found him in that game while you were battling Gonzaga Thursday night BYU was uh, down 14 in the second half at San Diego before coming back uh, what did you take out of BYU's game two nights ago no I just think that they're a competitive team and it doesn't matter what the score is they're going to keep playing the game it's it's indicative of their coaching staff and how they approach the game and again they have some guys that are very experienced too that have played a lot of college basketball and at the end of the day as we know we had a great lesson on Thursday it's a 40 minute game so you know Sometimes 45 yeah that's right <laughs> and you know they handled business in that last five minutes you know they controlled the tempo and we know that Haas can at any time he's explosive uh, James Bateman's pretty explosive too and to go 0 for 8 at BYU is something that uh, you're not going to see too often and he's been kind of himself since right he's been back to his, his normal self yeah we hope we don't see that too often because we have an awfully hard time scoring you know especially if, if, if James struggles like that they did a good job but you know our message is James just be who you are keep attacking you know I mean we never want him to not be aggressive and they did a good job everybody knows who he is on the scouting report I think he'll play much better today Coach Clark, thanks for your time. We'll see you in Las Vegas. All right, thank you. All right, that is LMU assistant coach Derek Clark. Time now for you be the judge. Brought to you by Legally Mine. Legally Mine equals asset protection. Go to LegallyMindUSA.com to learn what you can do to stop lawsuits dead in their tracks. Here's today's BYU basketball trivia question. TJ Haas coming off that 35-point game in his last game two nights ago at San Diego. He and Yoli Childs are the first BYU teammates ever with three games of 30 points or more in the same season. But who is? Who is BYU's single-season leader in games with 30-plus points? The answer next as the Cougar Tip-Off show continues live from Los Angeles on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. Welcome back to the Cougar Tip-Off show. Let's rejoin Greg Rubel. All right, before our national anthem here, time for the UB the Judge a trivia answer. Who is BYU's single-season leader in games with 30-plus points? I think Jimmer's all-time, but I'm going to go with Mike Smith for single season. Yeah, we are going under the radar for Jimmer Fredette on this one. Yeah, 16 games with 30-plus points in his senior season. He's BYU's all-time leader in that category. That's UB the Judge brought to you by Legally Mind. Our final segment of the Cougar Tip-Off Show coming your way next here on the new skin, BYU Sports Network. The Cougar Tip-Off Show rolls on. Let's head back live, courtside. All right, they're getting you set for BYU and LMU. Quick note uh, about ball security, uh, Mark Durant. BYU top 10 nationally right now in uh, offensive turnover percentage. Great numbers. Uh, two nights ago at San Diego, BYU 18-9 in the points off of turnovers on only 10 giveaways on the night, or rather seven giveaways uh, on the night. And then uh, against LMU here two weeks ago in Provo, it was 18-10 in points off of turnovers. Again, only 10 turnovers for BYU. The Lions had 16. BYU's making teams pay for lax ball security and the Cougars doing a great job of hanging on to it. At, at 10 turnovers was an important part of that game at the Marriott Center because LMU limits possessions. You need to take care of the basketball. That's a big reason BYU won. They'll have to do it again tonight. Tip off of BYU and LMU next. This has been the Cougar Tip-Off Show on the new skin BYU Sports Network.